Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. What's up, Victory Church? You guys glad to be here today, Edna Campus? I'm excited that you're here. Um, sorry, I was a little hyped up there. Uh, I wanna take a second before I dive into the Word today and remind you of something that's coming up that you have got to put on your calendar, all right? So grab your phones. Don't go to Snapchat. Don't go to Instagram. You go to your calendar, all right? Everybody go to November the 13th on your calendar. And I want you to block off that evening for the presbytery, all right? Presbytery is happening. Uh, if you, how many of you were here? Edmund Campus, raise your hand. Okay, see, how many of you were here at last year's presbytery? How many of you were not? Raise your hand. All of you are gonna be there, okay? It's gonna be awesome. If you don't know what presbytery is, maybe you're new to Victory Church. Presbytery is the way that we, in a very healthy way, live out a God-given scriptural thing of the gift of prophecy alive and well and fulfilled in the local church today. And so we, 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 we have in our church, we have a prophetic ministry I'll tell you about in a minute, but also once a year we bring in a team of what are called presbyters or people that have a gift of a prophetic ministry in their life. And they come and we as a, a leadership team, we select a few staff members and a few congregants from, from our campuses and they will come up on stage. The, the three presbyters who carry a prophetic gift, they come up on the stage. They've never met these people. They don't know their names. These are people from outside of our church who are trusted people that we bring in. They've never met the, 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 the candidates and they give prophetic words over them, over their lives. And it's powerful. If you've never witnessed this before, you will see people weep and cry, people just getting amazing prophetic words that set the trajectory of their life for what God's saying to them. And then after we do the stage part, the presbyters come down into the crowd and they stand in the front and hear Anna Edmund and they'll pick people out of the crowd and they'll say, you in the blue shirt, stand up, I got a word for you. And this is not something you should be afraid of. This is not something where they're gonna call out your sin and all your secret stuff. It's not that in any way. Prophetic ministry is always uplifting, exhorting uh, to give you a prophetic word. And you may hear a word that somebody else is receiving and you say, man, that word's for me too. I'm, I received that word. And so if you've never seen this done, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're just coming out of curiosity. We had a lady last year come uh, who, who was like, grew up in a completely different background, walk of life, denomination, and she was very skeptical. She came as a skeptic. And one of the presbyters came up to her and said, would you please stand up? And I have a word for you. And she stood up like this. And he began to read her mail <laughs> and gave a prophetic word over her. And then later in that service, she had, had, she had retired as a nurse because she had such severe back pain. She couldn't stand uh, for long periods of time. And later that night, the Lord healed her, completely healed, radically touched her, changed her, healed her back. So if you've been exposed to this in a very unhealthy way, maybe you've been to a church where this was abused or done in a very unhealthy way, just come and let us prove to you that it can be done in a very healthy way. So that's coming up on November the 13th. And what, what are the times for that, Jackie? 
four o'clock at Edmond campus, four o'clock Edmond, 6.30 here, all right? So you got on your calendar, so you have no excuse. You gotta be here for it now. So that's coming up, so you don't wanna miss that, okay? Uh, let's continue this series, Heart for the House. Um, uh, last week, we talked about um, giving, or we talked about going beyond ourselves. Uh, week one, we talked about, because I have a heart for this house, uh, this is where I will live in his presence. Remember week one, we talked about living in God's presence. This is what we do. We believe in this as a church. And because I have a heart for this house, we're gonna live in God's presence in two ways. In gatherings, which is what we're doing right now. We're gathered together in rows. We're gathering, and the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. You just experienced in worship the power of the unity of the presence of God when believers come together and worship God. There's something that you just experienced here that most likely the people watching online didn't experience. Now they may have, but there's something about when we come together and, and gather in that way. And there were also living in his presence in circles, okay? We released a new core value, we released a new uh, a, a vision statement that we grow best in circles. We believe that. We believe in gathering, but we gotta get out of these rows and get in circles too. We need to look face to face. We need to be vulnerable, accountable with one another. And so we encourage you to get in a circle, okay? Get in a group and we help you with that. We have, we have those things happening um, and you'll hear more about that. Today, we're gonna talk about because I have a heart for this house, this is where I'll be a giver. This is where I'll be a giver. And some of you are cringing because you don't like messages on giving. But... Um, let me tell you something, uh, preaching on giving is by far and away actually my favorite thing to preach on. And I'll tell you why. The reason for it is because Michelle and I have, have um, from a young age, we were both grew, grew up in very amazing godly homes where our parents instilled this into us at a very early age. And so we have experienced the transformative work that happens in our heart when we become givers and what God does supernaturally in us when we become a giver. And I, I believe, this is a bold statement, but I believe apart from your salvation, okay? So your salvation is the, the most critical thing in your walk with the Lord, your salvation saved by grace through faith. I think that understanding this principle of giving and becoming a radical, radically generous giver, stewarding well with radical generosity is, I think for me has been the second most transformative work that God has done in me. And I wanna spend a little bit of time unpacking that for you today um, because be, being generous uh, is really dependent upon one thing, okay? One very simple thing. And being generous really comes down to how we handle what God has put in our hands. The things that God has entrusted us, to, that he has put in our hands, the question we ask ourselves is how do I handle it? How, how I handle it is diabolically important, not just for the reason that I'm on this earth and the impact that I can have, but also a deep, deep, deep work that God's trying to do in me. And I wanna use a passage of scripture uh, to preach this today that maybe you've never heard a giving message from this passage of scripture before, uh, and that's why I'm excited to give it to you. So it's in the book of Exodus. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip over to the book of Exodus. Uh, second book of the Bible, go all the way to the left, Genesis, Exodus, you're there. Exodus chapter four, uh, you can go to your phone. All of my notes are on version. by the way. If, if you can actually get those, add your own notes and email them to yourself. So that if, if you're, if, if you're uh, a techie, you can do that. Uh, or you can just stare at me like many of you are doing right now. That's okay too. Um, and it's on the screens behind me. All right, so, so you can do that too. Exodus chapter four, 
I'm going to read verses one through four. It says this, this is, the, this is Moses at the burning bush. God is calling Moses forth in this moment. It says this, it says, Moses answered the Lord. It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, this is where we're going to lean in. What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. He's like, are you stupid? I mean, it's a stick, you know. <laughs> Can't you see God? It's, it's a stick. It's a staff. Verse three, the Lord, saw, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Moses isn't that stupid after all. Verse four, then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Mm-mm. 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 You don't do these things. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Uh, I've been talking a lot about this lately because I'm in a season of life where um, I'm raising teenagers and this happens so quickly. You know, one minute you're changing their diapers and the next minute they live in their rooms and you're just trying to get them to come out of the rooms. But the clock is ticking and I know that there will be a day right around the corner where they're not in my house anymore, you know? And somebody got an amen on that one. Somebody's really, amen. I'm not saying that because my kids are probably watching online right now and I don't want them to, I love you, stay as long as you want. Not really, but yeah. Um, and we're in this mode as parents of, hey, adulting is coming. Uh, I told my daughter the other day, um, my, my son likes to get up early, my daughter does not. She's a night owl. And so I'm, we have to go into her room multiple times a day, multiple times every morning to wake her up. You know, you get your first call, your second call, your third call, last call, okay, we're leaving in five minutes. And I told her, I said, listen, Corey, um, in just a couple of years, no one's gonna be there to wake you up. You're gonna use this thing called an alarm clock. And when the alarm goes off, you have to get up. And no one's gonna come in and remind you and we're, we're teaching our kids, we're in this mode of teaching our kids that there comes a moment in the maturity of your children and my children that you have to learn how to handle it. Isn't that what we do really as parents? We teach our kids how to handle it. Handle your emotions, handle your money, handle your mouth. And we can be comforted. These kids, you know, their prefrontal cortex is developing and it's coming, it's happening but we're trying to teach them how to handle it. I think it's the same is true in the life of a believer. There is a maturing of your faith. Amen. There's a maturing process that happens from the day we give our life to Jesus to the day we are buried, right? That God is taking us from glory to glory. He's taking us from step to step. And there's a maturing process that begins to happen. And I think when it comes to giving, it's one of the most formative and transformative works that God does in the heart of a believer. And the key to becoming a giver is learning how to handle it, okay? So this is what I wanna unpack today. I wanna talk about this idea of handle it. I want you to say that with me, say handle it. Yeah. Now I want you to say it with some sass. Say handle it. Yeah. So, so God comes to Moses and says, what is that in your hand? And Moses is like, it's a staff. It's just a stick. You know, we think of a staff as this real pretty, ornate, beautifully crafted 
thing that you see in Christmas plays, that's just this amazing thing. Chances are, it was just a stick. And so Moses has become well acquainted with this stick, by the way. He has left Egypt, he's been being a shepherd. He's used to, to using this on the daily. This is, a, this is an instrument that Moses is very acquainted with, okay? He has used this to, to prod sheep to go. He has used this to, to fight off wolves. He's used this to walk up mountains. He had used this to catch himself when he trips. But in this moment, God is telling him that the instrument that you have been so well acquainted with all of these years is about to become a transformative instrument that before you would use it to prod sheep, you're about to use it to split an ocean. Same instrument. Nothing changed about the instrument. But God was about to change the way this instrument impacted him and everyone around him. God says, what's that in your hand? And Moses is like, man, this is just a stupid stick. It's got sheep poop on the bottom of it and it's nothing, it's just a stick. And God says, I'm gonna change the way you handle it. And it's gonna split seas and it's gonna strike the Nile and turn it to blood and it's gonna strike the rock and water's gonna pour out of it. Same stupid stick, he just handled it differently. God changed the way that he handled it. And I wanna use this illustration to show you that what you have in your hand is enough if you handle it. That God can use it in a miraculous way. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to just write down the first thing, all right? The first thing I want you to write down is God wants us to use what we have. He wants to use what we already have. I am very aware that God didn't come to Moses and say, hey Moses, what do you wish you had in your hand? What do you wish you had? This is what I'm calling you to do, Moses. If you could have anything in your hand, what would it be? Well, I'm gonna need a pump because I gotta drain the Red Sea. That's gonna take a long time. You know, it's gonna be hard to get across the Red Sea. He didn't say, what do you wish you had? He said, hey, what are we working with? Because God can use anything for any reason, anytime he wants to. So he asked him this question, what do you got? He's like, I, 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 got this, I got this silly staff in my hand. So I don't know about you, but a lot of times I get caught up in what I don't have. Amen. And a lot of times I think to myself, well, I can become a giver when. I can become more impactful when I get the raise, when I get these kids out of the house, when I finish my degree, when the economy turns around, when inflation goes down, fill in the blank, and I get caught up in the wind. But what I've realized many times is that there are rich people who are further behind than poor people. Amen. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever noticed this before? And in the same way, there are poor people who are greedier than rich people. Yeah. And there's rich people who are greedier than poor people. So it's not about what you have in your hand. It's how God wants to transform what you have in your hand. And we have the mentality of not, I'm gonna win, but God could use me now, if I'll handle this right, God could use me to have an impact on those around me. Um, in my house, I don't like leftovers. Anybody else not like leftovers? How many of you like leftovers? Raise your hand. What's wrong with you people? You're sick. I just kind of have, my, my wife and I battle on this, man. Like I eat leftovers just so I can be happily married. I'm like, mm, yes, I love four-day-old chili. Bring it on. That's amazing. 
I want something fresh. Like, let's make something fresh. But you know what I've noticed? The best chefs can take leftovers and make a masterpiece out of it. Some of you are like this. You can a little dab of this and a little dab of this. You can take some leftovers and add a few things and it's amazing, like it's fresh. I think God could take the things that we think are wasteful and we don't need and he could do something miraculous and take things that we see as not really that beneficial and not really that needed and actually do something miraculous with us. So I, that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about what do we have in our hand and can I accept the ingredients that I have been given and trust the Lord to whip up something great. Second thing I want you to write down in your notes. Actually, let me show you one more thing, okay? So God wants to know, before we get to point number two, God wants to know how you'll handle it. And I, I, I could argue this all day in scripture, but I could show you in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. You know, he gave one of them one talent, gave one of them two talents, gave one of them five talents. What was God wanting to know? How they're gonna handle it. What are you gonna do, not with what you wish you had, what are you gonna do with what you have? Because the guy with one talent sure wished he had two, and the guy with two sure wished he had five. But God said, what are you gonna do with what you got? And the, the guy with one talent buried it, didn't do anything useful for it, and what God do? He gave it to the guy that had the most. God wants to know how we're gonna handle what we got. Uh, watch this verse in Luke 16, 10. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? So it all started with the guy who had little. The emphasis is put on the person who had little. If you can do well with little, you can do well with much. So God is watching how we're going to handle it. And I want to say something really bold, and I believe it with all my heart, and that's why I'm going to say it, is I, I don't think, I think God cannot bless your budget if you have him at the bottom of it. Say something even more bold. If you spend more on vacation every year than you give away. Why? Because God wants to know how we handle it. He wants to know what we're doing with, with what we have. And Moses doesn't know what this staff is capable of, but it's gonna do some pretty amazing stuff. And you might look at your current situation and be like, I don't see how God could really use this for anything impactful. But God's saying, if you'll handle it right, I can actually use it for really, really amazing things if you'll trust me with it. So uh, the other night we had a, a men's gathering and I talked to the men about this in a, in a Q&A session. Most people don't know about this about me and I really don't like to talk about it but I, because I don't wanna talk in this, this manner, but Michelle and I have become really, really um, interested in investing. From a very, very young age, um, before I even met Michelle, she had the same discipline in her, we created, we begin to create, if you wanna build wealth, if you wanna become generous, you really only need to do one really, really simple thing, okay? So simple. Create margin. All you have to do is create margin. So when I was in college, uh, my parents would mail me a check. If you don't know what a check is, it's like this rectangular piece of paper. <laughs> I was trying to explain checks to my daughter the other day because I opened a bank account for her and, and she's gonna get a debit card and stuff. And I said, you don't have to worry about checks. And she's like, what's checks? And then I started trying to explain to her floating checks and bouncing checks. And then it was like, Bruh. I was like, we're just not gonna talk about it, okay? My parents would mail me a $20 check every single week. 
I would take $2 of it, and I, it was tithe, two bucks. Um, I would take $5 of it, and I would set it to the side. And I literally named it set aside money. This is something that I started at a very young age. And then what I would do is I would let my set aside money is my margin. I would then let my margin build, let it build. It's $5, two weeks is $10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And it's not a significant amount of money, but about week six, you know what I begin to do? Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Because it was just five bucks, but now it's 30. And that's still not a lot, God, but I could buy somebody's meal. I could bless somebody, I could help somebody. And so what do, what do you want me to do with this margin? We have just kept the same principle our whole 21 years of marriage. We set it to this, we literally have an account called set aside. It's our set aside money. This is one of the things that's grown our marriage more than I can begin to tell you because it, beca it, became this, it began this thing that bonded Michelle and I where we would begin, you know, it started with $5 at a time, but over the years it's grown. And now we're giving away some really, really significant amounts of money. We set this money to the side. And then on about week six, week eight, week 10, it just grows and grows and grows. And then we get together and we say, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do with this? Do you want us to invest it in the stock market? Do you want us to invest it in real estate? And we've seen some amazing compounds and some amazing blessings in, the, in real estate investments and some of the other investments we've done. And God has just blessed it and blessed it and blessed it. And sometimes we give away cars and sometimes we pay people's mortgages and it's become the most amazing, life-giving, transformational thing in our lives. We love it. Imagine Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. All started with a very small portion. You know what I think holds us back sometimes is we don't think we're impactful enough. Well, I don't have anything significant to give. Did you know that you blessing somebody with a Starbucks drink in God's eyes is just as impactful as, some, uh, as a millionaire buying somebody a house? Why? Because it's proportional to what's in your hand. It's about the heart behind the hand. Do not be intimidated by the, by the the, 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 the shortcomings or the limitations of your liquidity or the limitations of the amount and just say, God, this is all that's in my hand, but I want you to use what's in my hand to be transformational in my heart and in their heart. This is what's amazing about giving. It's the only thing that you can do with your money that is actually doubly transformative. When you're generous, it actually transforms your heart as much as it does the person you're giving it to. Have you ever been on a missions trip and on your way to the missions trip, you're like, I just can't wait to minister to these people. And you come back from the missions trip and you're like, that ministered to me way more than it did to them. This is how giving is. Giving does a work in your heart that I can't even describe. And guess what? God loves it when you handle it. When we do what in the natural, or we can do in the natural, God loves to partner with our natural and make it supernatural. And then all of a sudden, God's like, that's the person who's handling it well, and I can bless that, and I can multiply it, and I can use them in a more impactful way. So what does this mean? We go, whatever you got. I don't care what you got. Whatever's in your hand. Do you got a dollar? Can you set aside a dollar? Can you not go to Starbucks this week, maybe just one time? Get a black coffee instead of a soy, non-fat, whip, caramel, drizzle, Hey, one word, margin, margin. Create margin 
and then sit back and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with this margin? What do you want me to do with this margin? So, so one time, Michelle and I, I will tell you one more story. Michelle and I got really in this mode of doing some investments and we were really on a great kick and God was blessing some real estate stuff and God was blessing us because I'm not shy. I want to build wealth. Can a pastor say that? I guess. I mean, why? Because the book, you know what Proverbs says? Proverbs says to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Do you know how hard it is to leave an inheritance for your children's children? I want to have money, but money will never have me. Why? Because I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Givers, money can never grab a giver's heart because we release it just as quick as we gain it. We're releasing it. And one time, Michelle and I, um, we had set aside all this money, and we were praying, God, where do you want us to invest this? What do you want us to do? And man, the Holy Spirit smacked me. I don't know if you've ever been smacked by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, hey, John, if, if Warren Buffett sat down in front of you and said, hey, I've got this project, great ROI, 3X your money, do you, are you interested in this project? I was like, yeah, Warren Buffett? Are you kidding me? And God was like, what if I sat down in front of you? and said, hey, John, I've got this investment opportunity. It's called the kingdom of God. And it's the best ROI you'll ever see in your life. You're gonna populate heaven and I'm gonna restore your barns on the backside of this. Are you interested in that investment? And God was like, hey, John, have you ever thought about investing in my church? It's the best ROI you could ever have on anything. So I'm, I'm just saying, find ways to create margin. Ask the Holy Spirit, what to do with it, all right? Do it together. You'll bond your marriage. You're looking for something to bond with your spouse over? Bond over this, all right? Okay, that's enough. Let's keep going. Verse two, it says, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, verse three. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Point number two, if you're taking notes. God will live up to whatever you're willing to lay down. So imagine the speech. God's like, what's that in your hand? It's a staff. Okay, we're gonna do some great things with it. Awesome, sounds great. What do you want me to do? Lay it down. Uh, how are we gonna do cool things with it if I put it on the ground? How do I, that doesn't make sense, God. Like, you want me to release it? You want me to let go of it? Yeah, I want you to let go of it. And when you pick it back up, it's gonna do different things. I want you to lay it down. So God challenges him to lay this thing down. This is, this is a form. This is an act of giving. Why? Because God can handle whatever you're willing to hand over. Whatever you are unwilling to hand over to God, he cannot handle. So if I'll handle it, God will handle it. Okay? So this is, this is, this is part of this equation. It's this, it's this process of laying down. And you look through the scriptures and you'll see this pattern. God handled your sin, didn't he? After you laid it down, after you put it at the foot of the cross, God took care of your, God handled your shame, didn't he? When you laid your shame down and gave it over to God, God said, I can handle your shame if you'll give it to me. God said, I can handle your sin if you give it to me. Why would money be any different? Why would money be any different? If, God, if, if I can lay it down, if I can live my life with an open hand and trust that God's gonna bring money in and bring money out and bring money in and bring money out and I'm just gonna trust God with it as my faith builds and as my faith grows. So how... How are we going to put this to work? How are, we going to put, how are we going to put this thing to work if I lay it down? God's ways are always different than our ways. I don't know if you've learned this yet, but you'll learn it pretty quick. Uh, think about Jericho. Like if, if I was God, we can thank God that I'm not God. 
Um, if I was God, I wouldn't have made Jericho walls fall with a trumpet and a shout. I would have done it way more epic. I would have done everything differently in Scripture. And I don't know about you, but most of the things that I've leaned on God to do, he usually does it differently than my prayer request was. We just talked about this just a little bit ago. God, your way's perfect. You know what? It's perfect. It's perfect the way it is. Let's just leave it the way you're doing it. So, so God's handling of our money is different than the way that we're going to handle it. It's different. God takes us on a different journey than what we're used to. Why? Because it takes faith to give. It takes faith to give. Let's go on to verse, verse three. Verse three says, Moses threw it on the ground. He obeyed and it became a snake and he ran from it because Moses is smart. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. No. <laughs> Moses obeys, so Moses reached out, took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. I think this is a really good picture of what it means to lay down our money, to lay down through giving and trusting God. Point number three, if you're taking notes, God's way is almost always the scariest way. Almost always. When God shows you the path that you're about to take, you're always like, oh, please, no. Why? Because your journey is not about filling your vending machine requests. Your journey is about your maturity in faith and the growth of who you are as a believer. In the same way that I'm trying to create my kids, they're gonna be more mature at 18 than they are at 16, and more mature at 20 than they are at 18, and more mature at 23. This is the timeline of your spiritual walk. And God's like, hey, the next you is gonna be a better you. And the next you is gonna have more faith than the now, now you. And the only way I can do that is to scare your socks off. And then you have to move out in faith and grab it by the tail. So Moses throws down this stick. It turns into something that he's now terrified of. The thing that he was familiar with, that he slept with, that he kept close by his side, now he's running from it. Because it became something unfamiliar. Like, I'm not familiar with this. And this is why people hate giving messages. They hate tithing messages because something that's familiar to them and they've created a system of how they deal with it, all of a sudden some preacher starts talking about it and becomes unfamiliar and I'm running away from that, you know? I don't want anything to do with that. So God is doing this transformative work when we have to step out by faith and grab something by the tail. It's always, almost always the scariest way to do it. And it's scary. Let's just talk about why it's scary to give. It's scary because it's a withdrawal and you're looking for deposits. I mean, could it be any simpler than that? You're looking at your bank account and you're like, man, I could really use some deposits. Let's make a withdrawal. It's scary. Why is it scary? Because it requires faith. I have to put my faith in a God instead of my money. I have to put my faith in God instead of my ability to overcome the situation on my own. So it says, so Moses, let me just show you this Hebrew word. It says that he reached out. Uh, the King James Version says he put forth. He put forth his hand to something very scary. He moved toward that which he was running from. And some of you have ran from tithing, you've ran from giving. Moses decided, you know what? I'm gonna move toward 
what I previously ran from. And in the Hebrew, this word toward or put forth is the Hebrew word shalach, and it means to send away, to stretch. I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? I'm going to stretch. This is a stretch, but I'm going to stretch. This is uncomfortable. It's scary. I would rather run from this. I wish I'd have skipped church today, in fact. But, but, but I'm going to stretch towards this because my faith is going to overcome my fear. The fear of the situation. I'm going to force my faith to rise above that which I am afraid of. Handle it. Moses is like, God says to handle it, so I'm gonna handle it. I'm afraid of it. Everything in me tells don't do this. This is stupid, this thing's gonna bite you. But God said handle it. So I'm gonna reach forth and grab something that had previously been scary to me. And the last and, last and final point is the transformative work of giving. And this is what I touched on earlier. And I mean this with every fiber of my being, becoming a radically generous giver has is, is been one of the most transformative works that God has ever done in my heart. Because my faith has risen to such a level in God that every area of walk of faith that I have is impacted by the faith, the transformative work he did in my faith in giving and trusting him and the thing that was the most scary to me. So think about this. So, so this, this moment, I'm convinced that this was the moment that Moses had the transformative work happen in his life, okay? So prior to this moment, um, Moses understood this for what it was, okay? In the form in which he was familiar with the instrument, God says, I want you to release this from your hand in the form of familiarity that you're familiar with it. He didn't do the transformative work while he hung on to it. God wants to do a transformative work in your life, but your first step of faith is to lay it down. I lay it down. It's out of my hands. This is unfamiliar. I feel exposed because a wolf could come and I don't have my staff to poke this thing with, but, I, but, but God said to lay it down, so I've laid it down. And then God says, okay, pick it back up. Pick it back up. Wait a minute, God, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't know how to reach forth to this thing. So finally, Moses moves out in faith, grabs the thing by the tail. I believe that it's in this moment that his faith is transformed. From, from the moment he laid it down, the moment he picked it up, prior to the moment laying it down, this thing was just a stupid stick to, to kick some sheep, to keep himself from tripping. And then all of a sudden he picked it back up and the staff had transformed and he was transformed. When we become a generous giver, our money goes from being a useless instrument that we pay our bills with. And it's some stupid, insecure security blanket that we use to make ourselves feel better about ourselves and about life and about our future. What a useless tool. It's a stick, it's pointless. And all of a sudden he laid it down and when he picked it back up, it became something that transformed lives, transformed his life, not just his life, but everyone around him became transformative. Giving is the most transformative thing that you can ever do. And listen, I know I wanna be very sensitive here because some of you just don't have it to give. God doesn't say, what do you wish you had in your hand? He says, what do you got? God doesn't care how big your gift is. He cares how big your heart is. 
It's, it's not the portion. I've said this before. God doesn't care about portion. He cares about proportion. Okay, so let me, I've said this before. Let me say it again. Elon, Elon Musk, all right? Would you rather have a portion of Elon's wealth or a proportion? He could give you $1 and he's given you a portion, a portion of his wealth. But if you ask for a proportion, he's giving in proportion to his wealth. God doesn't care about your portion. God's not moved by a dollar gift versus a million dollar gift. God's moved by the proportion and the sacrifice at which you are willing to come beyond your fear and reach down and grab the snake by the tail. That's what he cares about. What moves God's heart is the heart of the giver. Stop saying, oh, you know, I just don't give because it really doesn't make that big of an impact. The widow's might. May I remind you about the widow's might? Who gave a, a, a copper coin that was worth less than two pennies rubbed together. And Jesus said, she's given more than anybody in here. More than anybody that walked through this door, she gave more than all of them combined. Why? Because he was looking at how she handled it. Handle it. God wants to bless us. He wants to move us but he refuses to bless something that we don't give him priority to. God wants to be first. God is a jealous God. I've said this before, but God wants your first and he wants your best. And let's be honest, he's, not, he's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of anything we could offer him. And Moses made this transformation where he he went from wondering at the, at, the, at the burning bush, Moses just wondered. He wondered everything. Well, what if, and what if this, and what if they don't accept me? So he's wondering, and this is how we are when it comes to giving. We wonder, well, if I do that, then what if this, and what if that, and what if that? We're Moses. We're wondering about it. And then Moses then goes in, and before and after, goes into wandering, W-A-U-N-D-E-R. He just wandered around. He was wandering through the wilderness and wandering through the shepherd's field. No purpose, no drive, just wandering around. And this is how many believers are. We're saved, we're going to heaven, but we just wander around this earth, no purpose, paycheck to paycheck, not blessing anybody. It's all about me, what can I consume? I'm not a contributor, I just consume and consume and consume, just wandering around. And then Moses moves when he, when he puts the stick down and picks it back up, he becomes a transformative individual. He now begins to see the wonder of God. In, in Exodus chapter 15, let me show it to you. In Exodus chapter 15, 11, this is Moses. He said, who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. When we decide to become givers, we step into this dimension of understanding the God who works wonders. And I don't, I don't, I don't care if you give from the standpoint of we need it. Like, I don't care where you give it. Our roof's not leaking. This isn't a ploy. We don't take up offerings when the roof leaks. Why? Because we handle it. We steward God's resources well and with radical generosity. What my prayer for you today is that you in some way, some shape or form could experience the transformative work and the wonder of God when we just become transformational givers. How do we do it, John? Margin. Start creating margin. Despise not small beginnings. Start with a dollar, move to five, move to 10. Before you know it, you've got thousands of dollars sitting somewhere and you're saying, Holy Spirit, show me where to give it. 
It's one of the greatest rides you'll ever take on planet earth. It's one of the greatest adventures you'll ever take on planet earth as a believer. And so many believers miss it. How do I know? How do I know many believers miss it? Statistically speaking, 10% of believers tithe. 10%. 10% of people are experiencing the wonder and the transformative work that God does when we become radically generous. So, what does it mean for us? We've been saying for weeks, what, what are we gonna do at this church? We do this every, every year, we do a heart for the house offering. And so what we're asking you to do is if you have a heart for this house, would you consider this being a place where you give, okay? Now, I've said this every week, I'll say it again. Next week, November the 6th, we're gonna receive, we're gonna bring our, our heart for the house offering. This is not your tithe, this is above and beyond your tithe. This is saying, God, I have a heart for this house, I believe that, it, that fruit is produced from this house and I wanna be a part of sowing seeds in this house, okay? This is all I have said from day one and that's all I'll say again. All I'm asking you to do is ask the Holy Spirit what you should give. And if the Holy Spirit says nothing, then give nothing. Simple as that. What is the Holy Spirit saying to do? This is not, again, this is, this is not a special offering. We don't have to pave the road. We don't have, when we have bills, we pay them because we steward God's resources as well. And I, pr I pray that we've proven that, that you trust this house, that you trust this house as fertile soil because you're seeing a work done. And when we give, when we become transformational givers, I said it earlier, we get to give into something and see transformation happen in the soil at the same time God transforms us. Giving into the kingdom of God is the greatest investment you will ever make. It has the greatest ROI that you will ever receive in king, on earth or in heaven. Giving into the kingdom of God is one of the greatest blessings you will ever experience. Why? Because we're giving to the bride of Christ. We're giving to his work to populate heaven. And if you've ever had an experience here in any sort of way at the Edmund campus or here or anybody watching online where you have had God do a transformative work in your heart, then what better place to give a transform transformational gift? We're sowing seeds. So next week, uh, I, I encourage you, take one of these home, they're in the seat back in front of you, put it on your fridge. I've said this since day one, put it in your fridge, put it in, in your dashboard, put it in your bathroom, wherever you see it. And every time you walk by it, you just say, Holy Spirit, do you want me to give to this? What do you want me to give? Is it a sacrificial gift, God? Is it a, is it a, a, a gift that I, you just want me to be a part of it? Is, this, is it? is it a transformational gift? Is it something that you're calling me to do? One of the things I will encourage you to do too, did you know that most of your wealth is tied up in areas that you can't give it? Um, someday, hopefully years and years and years from now, we're all gonna be in heaven. Amen? Did you know that you could make a transformational gift here while you're transitioning to heaven? You can put Victory Church in your will. You ever thought about doing that? You're, trans, you're, you're, you're transferring to heaven and there's transformation happening from the soil in which you just left. So just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Next week, we're gonna come back and you're gonna take this, this far right side, this, this piece over here, and um, as you pray this week, you're gonna, you're gonna bring your gift, okay? Or you can say, you know what, I'm not prepared to give today, but I think next year I would like to commit to give X amount. You can actually write in a commitment that you think the Lord might have you give, and you can come and bring that, okay? And it's not a pledge. We're not gonna track you down. 
John's not gonna email you and say, hey, you said you were gonna, no, 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 no. This is between you and God. We will not track you down. This is, this is about you, a commitment between you and the Lord. But you're just saying, Lord, because I have a heart for this house, I wanna step out in faith and I wanna be a part of this. And so by faith, I wanna step out and do this. And so and then on the same piece of paper, you can actually write some prayer requests on here. Okay, so when you give this, and, and by the way, you don't have to write any money on it. You could come back and say, yeah, the Lord told me not, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm supposed to give anything. You can still give us your prayer requests. And we, as a staff, we're gonna take these and we're gonna pray over them throughout the year. We're gonna pray for you that God does these breakthroughs in your life throughout the 2023 year, okay? So pray about this. Take this home with you, pray about it, and come back next week. Let me give you one more verse in Philippians 4.19, this is such a good word. I love this, this verse. It says, you can be sure. That's such a confirming word from the Lord. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. This is so powerful. His generosity exceeding even yours. You know how I translate that? God's like, you can't outgive me. God's like, my generosity far out exceeds yours. You can't outgive God. Amen. He is faithful to, to provide. He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. So let me pray for you today. Lord, we thank you for the gift of giving. God, I pray that this word was, was presented in a way that was not degrading or mean. God, my heart is that you would show them what you've shown me, that they could experience what Michelle and I have experienced, God, the transformative work of being a transformational giver. God, even transform us, transform our desires. Help us to find ways to create margin. I even asked the Holy Spirit that you would show us areas in which we can find margin. Maybe it's a subscription to something that we don't really use. Maybe, maybe it's a daily lunch or maybe it's this habit that we formed that if we carve things out, God, we can just begin very slowly and very smallly to begin to create margin. And then we say, Holy Spirit, show us what to do with this. This is so exciting that we can be used for your kingdom. So Father, we thank you for this. What an amazing opportunity we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.